As a quick heads up before we jump into things, the way we had the mics set up, there's this banging on one of the mic stands. I apologize for it. Hopefully it's not too annoying for you listening in this episode, but yes, I am aware of all of my faults, including the way I set the mic up in this episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. Today, I'm joined by my little brother, Bryce Williams. We talk about Heritage Park, grounders, and personal development. After today's episode, remember to take just five minutes out of your day to listen to somebody around you, because that's really what life is about, the people around us. Bryce Williams, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thanks for having me, Alex. Okay, um, so like I mentioned, I always start off with how we know each other. So why don't you tell everybody how we know each other? Okay, um, Alex is my older brother. Um, yeah, that's kind of how we know each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. There's we're not family. like there's not like a cool moment where we met. You were you were the last sibling that I remember. Like, not remember I or. I don't remember meeting you in the hospital. Yeah. Like, because I was too young to remember that. But then our next sibling, Claire, I remember seeing her in the hospital. It was a very hot day, and I was wearing sweatpants. Wow, good memory. Yeah. I think she might actually be the only one I remember, and that's that's why. It was an awful day. <laughs> it was bad. Um, too hot. Um, I'm a shorts guy now. So... Uh, I know where you're from, but why don't you you say where where you're from? Okay, well, just like Alex, I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, for those who don't know who where Canada is, it's a really big, giant country that's at the top of the world. That's not Russia. <laughs> that's not Russia. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're the hat on the United States. We kind of look like a little toque, I guess. Yeah. Kind of when it goes up into the Queen Elizabeth Islands. Is that yeah. what they're called? Right. Uh, I can't remember. And uh, for all everyone that doesn't know what a toque is, it's a beanie. Yeah, but it's a hat. Toque is a cooler word. Yeah, toque is better. We have a lot of cool words in Canada, actually, um, that we might get into. Who knows? So tell me about uh, growing up in Calgary. Obviously, I know what it was like for me, and I know what it was like for a lot of other people that I've talked to. But I mean, there's like 1.3 million people here. Everybody's got a different experience. It's true. Um. It's it's a different experience than like uh, a lot of people around the world experience, because um, Calgary is unique in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've spoken to people from small towns and just kind of the the differences. I've been to small towns and um, Calgary is really cool because there's there's a bunch of different communities and I don't mean just like. Uh, houses and areas Mm -hmm. but like communities of people um and like the the different uh friendships that come from that um uh, you you just you run into so many random people and you never know where you're going to run into them um because i mean you could go to school with someone uh one year and then it's uh actually i i was I was at work yesterday um, downtown in the Suncor building, 
And I was just sitting there and I look down the hallway and there walks this person that I graduated with. Um, and I mean, I didn't say hi or anything cause I was working. Um, but I just kind of found it funny cause I haven't seen her for two years. So you never know when you're going to see someone yeah. or where. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, you mentioned that there are all these different communities in Calgary. What are some cool communities that you've interacted with that maybe, maybe you weren't a part of, and then you kind of got, I, I don't know, that you had a cool experience with or that you enjoyed interacting with those people? Hmm. Um, there's, there's a few different, um, uh, what are they called? <laughs> um, I guess homeless shelters, um, and organizations that help the homeless. And, uh, there, I, I went with a, a group of young men and w- we went and helped out one of the one of the homeless shelters here in Calgary. Um, and it's really, really cool to see all these different volunteers helping with that. Um, you'll get countless volunteer activities that you can go sign up for. Uh, there's, I, I haven't personally done like too many community um, things, whatever they may be. Um, but I know there's like a YouTuber community in Calgary. Um, and it's just, it's kind of neat to see those different things and, and the history behind Calgary too. What keeps popping into my mind is Heritage Park mm-hmm. um, and the the cool stuff that's there. I mean, I, I, uh, as a young person, like as a, as a kid, um, a lot of the time Heritage Park was just, you go there for the rides. Yeah. Um, like the old fashioned rides, which are a ton of fun. Um, but it's, it's neat to walk through there and, and see, um, the history of Calgary and kind of the surrounding area. Um, yeah. So to you, what's the most interesting part of Calgary's history? Hmm. I, I mean, it's not exactly part of Calgary's history, um, more so part of Canada's. But it's it's cool because they um, at Heritage Park they were having this uh, railroad tour I guess you could call it and the the guy giving the tour uh, he was he was really funny and it, it it was it was cool to hear these different things and at Heritage Park they've got trains that um, Queen Elizabeth and uh, Churchill would like they actually sat on them and what's what's cool though is that well the railway rail in Canada was being built we we had to build it really quickly so that uh, British Columbia would decide to become part of Canada not part of the U.S. and so we built it so quickly and like spent a ton of money on it that normally you put a golden spike into the last uh, rail of railroad to say it's done now but because it had to get done so quickly and because we spent so much money on it well we didn't have enough money to buy a golden spike um 
And so they just painted a normal railroad spike. Um, thankfully, though, they did that because the guy that was hammering in the last spike bent it. Mm-hmm. So they had to put a new one in. So good thing it wasn't gold. I, I mean, with that being said, you could just melt down the gold spike, but it's it's just kind of a, a fun little story. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that um, that you mentioned that because I actually, that was like a really cool experience for me too because um, I think pretty much the whole family mm-hmm. was yep. on that tour. And um, and I actually talked about that story on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Because, um, yeah, it was so cool, yeah. right? Um, so, I mean, we went to Heritage Park a lot growing up. Um, and it's cool for me to see that that was a neat experience for you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Um, what else in Calgary is like really cool to you? Um, I think it's cool that we had the Olympics here. Um, I mean, I wasn't alive for them, mm-hmm. but I think it's cool that we had it. Um, and and one of my favorite parts about that is that we. Uh, because of the area that uh, Olympic Park sits on, uh, they they decided to build what's called Skyline Luge, and it's a super mm-hmm. fun activity. Um, and there's only, I, I think there's about, let's see, there's two in Canada, two in New Zealand, two in South Korea, um, one in Singapore, and there might be another one, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it's kind of cool because out of all of North America and, like, so much of the world, there there's just the two, right? So it's it, it's kind of a, a cool thing where it's, hey, come to Calgary and do this because it's, yeah. it's a ton of fun. I would love to travel to the, the different places that have them. Um, I found out that a couple of them have more than one track that you can go down really yeah Hmm. um so which i just i found really cool um but yeah i i think that's a a a fun part about calgary that you can do and again like the history behind calgary is awesome too so because like the you've got the olympics um you've got the glumbo museum where you can go through um just learning cool different things about calgary um that sort of stuff so yeah it it is awesome uh would you say overall that growing up here was a good experience oh yeah 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 growing up in calgary has been fantastic so Hmm. it's it's cool because it's it's a fast growing city um so i can drive around because i mean we grew up in the south right of calgary and I can drive around now in Calgary and point out so many things where I remember that being a dirt field, yeah. <laughs> like um, even a heritage park. Cause it used to be where you had to walk up a billion steps yeah. to get to the entrance yeah. just to walk back down. Um, but then they, they renovated it and they uh, leveled quite a bit of that hill uh, so that it's not a huge walk or anything. And, it's really cool now and like with gasoline alley with all the different cars in there yeah that's yeah. that's cool you can see so many old cars yeah so it is really cool um 
yeah, Calgary, I, I mean, I love it here. And I'm happy to hear that you like it too. Um, and, and so kind of going throughout your life, what other, um, what other personal interests did you have growing up? Hmm. Um, I really liked going out, like hanging out with friends, uh, playing at the park. Like we would, we would play grounders a ton, even just as a, as a family. Right. Um, and that was, that was a ton of fun. And it's, it's nice because in, in all these communities in Calgary, there's tons of parks. Um, so it's like, if you don't want to play grounders at one park, then walk five minutes, five minutes in the opposite direction and you'll be at another park. Right. right. Yeah. Um, like I think we had in one of the houses we grew up with in, in Prestwick, we had, probably what four five parks that were at most five minute walk away easily there was the square park yep the water park yeah the what did we call the one that was like right across the street behind those houses uh the bus stop park because that's where oh yeah right the bus stop park the town hall park then there was the inukshuk park yep and then you also had the butterfly park Yep. And the fire truck park. And then also St. Albert the Great Park. And the St. Albert the Great Park. And then now, because there's the um, CB Elementary School, there's a park there too. So that's nine parks. And that's not nine, in all of them. Yeah, nine parks, like really, really close. Yeah. Like really close to, to our house growing up. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a couple more uh, in there. Like there's the Pirate Ship Park too. Oh, yeah. Right. Played a lot of grounders at that one. Yeah, that one was fun. Well, and right beside the pirate ship park, there's the castle park. Yep. Yeah. So eleven. I mean, I mean they're like the same they're park, but they're the they're two part. separate structures. Yeah. Normally, we'd like pick one to play grounders on. Yeah. At a time. Um. So actually, while I've been at school, I've learned uh, a lot of my American friends do not know what grounders is. Really? Yeah. I was very surprised to learn that. Interesting. So do you want to take a second and explain sure. what it is? Um, so Grounders is is a really fun game where, like, you just get a group of friends together. Um, one person's it, and they, uh, when they're on the ground, they can walk around with their eyes open. Um, when they're on the park, however, they have to close their eyes. Um, and... Uh, and you're trying to tag someone so that they can be it. Um, if if someone walks on the ground, you can call grounders on them, um, which means that they're it. But um, you can't be on the ground. No, when you, you cannot call be on the ground when you call grounders, or else you're calling it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if someone thinks it, like if they see that your eyes are opening or something while you're on the park then they can call uh broken d or broken dishes um and and then you just go back down on the ground and you count one to ten like you you say one one two ten you don't count one two three four um so on and so forth uh you just say one two ten and then you can start playing and everything and it's a ton of fun because uh like we we would always climb around on just bizarre spots on the park because mm-hmm. um, normally when you go on a park like you just stay on the platform and you go on the gliders or whatever right and the monkey bars but 
I mean, for us, sometimes we would be climbing on top of the monkey bars, Mm -hmm. um, climbing like we would flip over onto the outside of the the structure and hang on to that and that sort of thing. Um, And then there's a few other rules that some people play with. I like just keeping it simple with grounders. Yeah. Um, But there's bridges. So if someone's on a bridge and you can call bridges on them. Um, and then there's sliders, which I've only had one person tell me about, but that's if someone's on a slide, you can Hmm. call sliders on them. Yeah. I like just, I, I don't like playing with bridges or, um, sliders. Yeah. Just classic grounders. Yeah. Classic grounders is a ton of fun. Um, yeah. And dangerous. And dangerous, but it's fun. But conveniently, we're pretty short family. So, I mean, you're you're the tallest. So... And I don't think you hit your head that often on the park. Mm-mm. Um, no, and I mean, growing up. Growing like, up, you weren't. Because, I mean, I haven't played for quite some time. Right. Um, but I think the last time I played was actually probably about th- three years ago. Hmm. Um, just because I haven't had the chance to play. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and I mean, if you play enough, you you get to know where your hands should be so that like where you're you're feeling um but yeah especially if you're playing on the same park yes okay so what is the best park in prestwick for grounders um it it depends if you're playing with a big group the saint albert the great park is really good yeah it's huge um because yeah it's it's huge there's plenty of hiding spaces um, but it's not, it's not super difficult if you're it either. Um, but if you're playing with a smaller group, the pirate ship park is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, definite, uh, or the, uh, town hall park. Town we, hall we park played is there, awesome. We played there many, many, many times. Yeah. Dad played with us a lot there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, parks not to play with in press, play at in Prestwick or at least grounders wise is the Inukshuk Park. That yeah. one, if you're if you do not have your hands like right in front of your face and if you're not going slow, you're gonna smack your head on something. And yeah. it's a very small park. Well and the and the butterfly park yep. and the fire truck fire park, truck park yeah. they're they're not really they're not built for that. No. In the same way. No. They're they're built for kind of imagining that you're a firefighter or with the butterfly park. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, that's more I so don't. just for swings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and the Inukshuk Park even too, because they've got um, they've got some weird, they've got like a rock climbing wall, and they've got the this spinny right. thing that you can get really dizzy on. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a it's a bit different of a park. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, I mean, yeah. I my personal favorite town hall park. Oh yeah, because it, it's so fun. It's so easy to climb around. I wish we had like visuals. If we yeah. had like a three D <laughs> model that we could put on the website for people to see. But yeah, I'm not putting that much effort into this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, grounders is a ton of fun. So that was a big part of your life growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, were there any like, um, like formative experiences where? where you kind of felt like, oh, that's when I became me? Um, not really, because, I mean, I'm still kind of in the process of becoming me. Right. Um, yeah. 
Okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, what is the process of becoming Bryce? Hmm. Um, right now, figuring out kind of what I'm doing with life. Right. Um, I'm planning on starting school in, school in September. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the way that things are working out. Right now, I'm working just to make money for school and to live and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the process of, of that. Um, just kind of hanging out with friends. Because that's, that's one thing that, I mean, is me, is I really like hanging out with friends and stuff and right. having a good time. Okay, so tell, tell me about your friends. Why do, you, why do you enjoy spending that time with them? Um, well, a lot of, like, I, I try, uh, not to care too much of who you are. Um, I mean, I've got one friend that just for the longest time drove me nuts. Um, and like, I, I mean, that I wouldn't even call us friends at the time. Um, but now like. I mean, I'm trying to, trying to change things and, um, like he's a person Mm -hmm. and so it's one of those things where what else are you supposed to do? Right. Um, so so yeah. How, how do you change things to better accept somebody? Um, realizing that they have faults, um, now in, in some cases, like it, some, sometimes it's hard to do like uh to accept someone a bit more just Mm -hmm. because of past experiences um when it's just when it's just their like faults um like they accidentally said something stupid or or they did something stupid or something like that then i mean that's that's usually easy enough um to to look past but when it's um when it's a constant thing and someone keeps saying, well, I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying. And it's just kind of, there's no progress that you can see at all. It's, it makes right. things a lot harder. Um, and I mean, even experiences with other people just change the way that um, you see everyone. Like I know someone who constantly says, I have no friends. And yet, I mean, right now I could count at least five. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I mean, and if I if I gave it a minute to to really think about it, I could count plenty. Right. Um, but off the top of my head, I could count five for them, and and so it's just it's just kind of how um, how they view life and how you view life and those sorts of things. So because it's different for every person. Right. So how do you how do you interact with somebody? Uh, who views life significantly different from the way that you view life? Um, that that's a that's a hard hard question to to answer because there's there's so many things that go into uh, the way that people view life and because mm-hmm. I mean I could. Uh, like say I was the happiest person and most positive person, I could still get along with the most negative person depending on our experiences together. Right. They could still be negative around me. Right. Um, 
and I could still be positive around them and, and like we could get along just fine. But then at the same time, um, in, uh, if we're the same people or like if, if I'm still the happiest person and most positive and they're, they're the most negative, um, but I haven't had good experiences with them. If every single one with them has been poor, then obviously we're not going to get along the same way. Right. Um, and I mean, being negative isn't, it isn't something that perfectly does, de- uh, defines someone, mm-hmm. um, because someone could be negative, but I mean, look at Winnie the Pooh. Right. Right. Like you have Eeyore who is, well, super negative. Like he's yeah. depressed, right? Right. He He's always looking at what uh, doesn't work out. Right. And yet he still has friends. Right. right? He still has people there for him. Um, so it just kind of, like, it, it just depends on on who you are, your interactions with this, with other people and, and those sorts of things. Cause I mean, it's like the saying opposites attract, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're too opposite, then you're not going to attract. Right. Right. But at the same time, if you're too similar, you're not going to attract, attract, but at the same time, like, it, it just depends because some people like the exact same things as another person. And as long as say they're not working together and like building a career out of this, they get mm-hmm. along perfectly fine, but they could like the exact same stuff. Right. So it just kind of depends on how much you're around the person and, and those sorts of things. Interesting. So is there, is there somebody, um, in your life or who has been in your life who you feel like you're totally different from them, but you really got along well? Um, hmm. I don't know if I could say like, totally different right um but because there there there's been a few people two of my best friends uh being two of them um who like we we've got slightly different values Mm -hmm. um and like they they want to choose they want like completely different career path than me um, and they kind of care about different things a little bit differently, like th- those sorts of things. Like it, it's kind of small, um, but also big at the same time. Right. And yet they're my best friends. Right. Right. But then, um, I could have another friend, another best friend even who likes the exact same things as me. Um, so you just kind of sit there and it's, well, what what really makes the difference? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just the interactions with people in general. Um, because one, the way that one person affects you um, can, depending on how y- y- you take it, that changes things. Um, 
so if um, if I met like growing up in in school, we would have like each class had a number. So I was in in grade five. I was in five one. That was my class's number. Right. And if I knew, say, two people out of the whole class in five two, but I didn't like those two people. Like I just thought they were super rude and just not nice people. Well, what some people do is say 5-2 is a bad class. Right. Even though there are, say, around 28 other students in that class. Right. Right? You could have the nicest person in that class, but because you met the one or two meanest people in that class, you judge that whole class to be mean. Right. Um. And and whether or not you you think you do it, we all do it. Um, if um, the majority of people don't don't understand um, uh, how it kind of came to be, and that's that's what like counselors are for, right? Like I I want to go into psychology. That's what I want to do for school, um, and for work. And, but anyway, so, so that's a lot of that is what counselors are for are, is it they're they're there to dig into your past and find that, that one thing, that trigger point, because what ends up happening is that you have one thing, but it breaks off into two and those break off into two more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of neat how, how it works. Um, cause you always have these, it, these bizarre chains, um, like it, it, your brain has been rewired. Um, so you're, if you think of, um, AV cords, you put yellow into yellow, white into white, red into red, right? So your brain is wired correctly um at birth for the most part like obviously there's there's some things um like birth defects right Mm -hmm. Uh, some things like that can that can happen but for the most part your brain is wired correctly um and and as you grow up so you have these countless cords if we keep with the av cords um we'll say you have three sets. So you put red three into the proper corresponding red three, right? Right. Now, as you grow up, um, say, say now you're one years old. Well, in that time, there's been a little bit of rewiring, but not much. Um, like sometimes like maybe a cord is loose a little bit um, because, I mean, you don't really remember that much, right? So a lot of it has to do with your memory um, and then it kind of fades away. So it's there's certain points in your life that it's stronger than others. So what could end up happening is that say you're five now mm-hmm. and you go through some, some traumatic experience um, 
whatever it may be, divorce or a death in the family or something, right? Well, what ends up happening now is in your brain, you take red two and red three and swap them. Hmm. And you plug red three into red two and you plug red two into red three. Well, now your brain is already re- uh, rewired incorrectly, right? Mm-hmm. And so as as these experiences go go along, yeah, small ones will usually just switch the red cord so or the like the red and the red or the yellow and the yellow or white and white. Um, but there will be points where it just straight up. All of your cords get unplugged, and we're going to take white one and put it into yellow three. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take yellow three and put it into red two. You would think that you would just swap the yellow and the white, right? They would just, all you have to do is nice, simple fix and re, like switch them over, right? Right. No. Um, it it gets it it ends up getting so complicated that that it's a lot of work to actually go and rewire your brain properly right um and that's why you have so many different types of people mm-hmm. because of that and and honestly um because of how many not so great parents we have we need to have more police if we had more great parents, we wouldn't need as many police. Hmm. Because if a child is raised in in a bad home, they're they're not gonna care. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with someone who had said, "Both my parents dropped out of high school. I'm gonna do the same." Right. And I kind of sit there. I don't know where she's at in life. Um, I didn't work for with her for long. Um, but you sit there and you think, what type of example were her parents to her? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have great parents that, that teach you, hey, you know what? You can do better. But you're still doing really good. That's That's the thing is... If, if you want to be a great leader or a great parent, you point out one thing that your child did wrong, but you point out two things that they did right. Right. Because it still, it reassures the child that they're okay, that they're, they're still doing good, right? But at the same time, you show them that you can improve on this. Right. And you're good enough that you can. It's, it's this reassurance. It's this, I'm giving, like, I, I'm putting my confidence in you. Right. Allowing, like, if you allow your children to, to do something themselves instead of just taking control of the reins. I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and uh, they were saying that from moving out and then moving back home, it's really different because when you've moved out of home, you're in control of your life. Mm-hmm. You get to pick when you go to bed and wake up. You get to pick what you eat. You get to pick what you do. 
if if your family wants to do something, guess what? You get to pick if you go do that or not. When you live at home, yeah, you get to pick certain things, right? But there's a lot more pressure that gets put onto you. Right. So, I mean, your parent could call you and say, hey, we're doing this today as a family. Did you want to join? And if you say no, there's not much that your parent can do. If you're at home, hey, the family's going out and doing this, come join. No, no, you're you're coming. Like, the parent is right there standing in front of you. Right. Right? I, I feel like that depends a lot on the parents oh, and yes. the person. Yes. Like, if they have individual control over themselves or not, or if they feel like they are subject to their parents, right? Yes. So I, w- I want to ask um, you, so say an individual is raised in an awful household, right? And that those parents are the reasons that there are more cops and that, that they just did a terrible job raising their children. Awful, awful, right? Do you arrest the parents or do you arrest the kid who did something wrong? And how can that kid despite having bad parents, how can they become uh, an exemplary individual? Because we have tons of examples of people who, who had awful parents and who went on to become things. So what, what does a kid do to, in themselves, not dealing with anybody outside, not any societal help in themselves, what do they do to become a stand-up person? One key thing um, is to remember that you are your own person. It, it doesn't matter what your parents say, what your friends say, um, what anyone says. You are your own person. And that's the thing that kind of bothers me about uh, some people is they believe that you screwed up so now, well, you're just a screw-up. Like, that's who you are. Right. Um, okay, but they they are their own person. Yeah. Right? And you're your own person. I'm my own person. So what are what can an individual do for themselves, ignoring everything from outside? What can an individual do for themselves to make themselves a stand-up citizen? So there, there's a lot of things that, that you can do. Um, obviously, I've, like, as I said, like, ignore, right? Ignore people saying, no, you're, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, but make the decision. If, if you make the decision to become a better person and you stick to it, then you can. Um, now the thing is, is that you can't just say, I'm going to become a better person. Okay. How? Um, New Year's resolutions. Right. I am going to go to the gym. How often are you going to go to the gym? Are you going to go every day? Are you going to go once a week? What? There is a reason why after, um, after like when New Year starts, people set New Year's resolutions and say, I'm going to the gym. But right. that's all they say. Right. 
And you know what? Gyms are packed. January, February, awesome. March, it kind of starts dying down. April, there's no one there. Right. There, There's the usual people plus maybe like two people. Right. So what do you do as Bryce to stick to your goals? Um, being very specific. Um, need, like we need to be specific on, on goals. Right. Need to have a time. It's I'm going to do this by this time. Like this, this puzzle that I'm doing right now. Um, I said that I would have it finished by tonight. Right. So that's my goal. Right. I, I, I'm not like, I'm recording this with you and I'm going out for lunch afterwards. Yeah. And then the rest of the day I'm focusing on this puzzle. I'm like that. That's what I've decided to do. Right. But it's not because, and, and I've given it a time. So mm-hmm. I've made a decision. Um, I mean, puzzles, there's not really much why behind it. Mostly is I want to finish the puzzle so that I can be satisfied that I completed it. Right. There's a satisfaction. And then I can clean it up. Right. Right. Because, yeah, I can go throw it in the box right now. But you know what? I'm going to end up looking at it and saying, I never completed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I gave myself a time. I want to be finished by the end of today. Right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even giving a, but if I'm not finished by the end of today, I'm going to be finished by the end of tomorrow. Because if you do that, tomorrow never comes. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, tomorrow will never come. Right. Because, you have to commit to something. Yeah. Right. Like we're recording on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is Sunday. Mm-hmm. But when it's Sunday, it's today. Right. So tomorrow now becomes Monday. So it's never, tomorrow never comes. Right. Like, um, a friend of mine once said to me, when's the best time to plant, plant a tree? 20 years ago. Right. When's the next, next, next best time to plant a tree? Right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could have done it in the past, but who cares about the past? You're, you're right now. You may as well do it now. Right. Hmm. So setting setting the um, being being very specific, like going back to the gym sort of thing is, okay. well, you want to go to the gym. Well, now we have a time. So we're we're going twice a week. Okay. well, I can walk into the gym and walk out of the gym. And that's once. So I just have to do it later on this week and I've made my goal. Right. Right. So what do you want to do at the gym? Right. Um, and that's why people suggest to actually get a personal trainer mm-hmm. because you know what? They're there to yell at you to say, Hey, you need to do this right now, whether or not they actually yell at you, that's just right. It, <laughs> it depends. Right. Um, but, but yeah, trying to be very, very specific on that. Right. If you, and getting into the routine of it. Right. And that's why it's good to start things as a child, right? Because, well, when it's because your brain is still being rewired, like I was talking about as a child, if you make it where, say, your um, white one cord is your, I'm going to brush my teeth and floss every day. 
Mm -hmm. If you make sure that it's plugged in and you make that a routine, then your brain's always going to make sure that that cord is still plugged in there, right? If it unplugs and it and it is a routine, then it, your brain's just going to immediately plug it back in. Right. Right. So that's that and that's why it's easier to to do it as a child. Right. Building good habits. Yeah. Right. Because um just because of your brain being rewired because it's so much harder because as an adult um like um, imagine building an airplane Mm -hmm. right well you design it okay so designing it is the child phase building it is kind of your teenager to young adult sort of age right the plane actually flying in the air, air is when you're in a when you're an adult and you've got a career and all these nice things. You're doing your job. You're you're doing your job, right? That is when the plane is built. Right. So imagine how much easier it is to redesign the plane at the beginning. Right. Well, it's still to, on paper. Well, it's still on paper to make it work. For when you actually build it. Right. And then when it's flying. Right. Because you know what? Um, there there was a, a car company that it was um, it was GM. And they went they went over to Japan to look at one of their um, car assembly lines. Mm-hmm. And in uh, in America for GM and their assembly lines, they build the car and everything. And then they've, they've got one last person that takes a mallet, a rubber mallet and checks all the doors. And if it doesn't close quite right, they'll just hammer it, like just budge it into place basically. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And they go to Japan to look at their assembly line and they noticed one key difference. There was no one with that job. Right. And the reason why is they asked the engineers, and the engineers said, we designed it to make it fit the right. first time. You build one car, like you design it to make it fit, right? From right. the very beginning. Then you build one car, and if, if, if there's something wrong, they know exactly what's wrong. Right. And then at that point, they don't need to pay an extra worker. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to buy rubber mallets. Mm-hmm. So they save a ton of money by doing that. By making sure it is designed correctly the first time. Right. So many people, they, they say, we don't have the money to do it right the first time, but we've got the money to do it twice. Right, right. And you look at that and you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Because if you have to pay, say you're paying $100 to do it, right? Like the first time. But then you have to pay another $100 to fix the problem. Or instead, you pay 150 to do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. You pay a little bit more first, but then you never have to pay again. Right. Right? So, so it's this cool thing where if you make sure that it's like for, for people who who want families 
I mean, no one really knows how to raise a child properly. Mm-hmm. Because every single person is different. Right. No matter what. Like, it, right. it, it doesn't matter. Right. Some some people, instead of three AV boxes, they'll have four. Or they'll right. have two. Everyone's going to be wired differently. Right. But it's because they're wired that way because they need to serve a certain purpose in life. Hmm. You know what? I don't want to be a, an engineer. Like, I want to do something else with my life. I don't want to be a lawyer. As right. important as they are and as they make a ton of money, I don't want to be a lawyer. Right. But then someone else, they're like, I want to be a lawyer. Not because they make a bunch of money, but because I personally want to be a lawyer. So everyone's going to be different. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing for people to do when raising children is to notice the differences. Um, we, we have a mutual friend who he raised his kids. He had a plan where all of them would do this and they would do that. And they would go, uh, like all of them would be on the school basketball team and they mm-hmm. would like, they would go into these options for school and those sorts of things. And, and he thought it was working perfectly until his one son checked him into, checked himself into the hospital because of depression. Right. Because he didn't want to do what his dad had planned for him. Right. Because he wasn't a cookie cutter. Right. Like he didn't fit it. And so that's, if you, if you can find those differences, find the strengths and the weaknesses that your children have, then like I can guarantee if you like if you can find those and figure out how to work with them, you can be a better parent. Right. If you just try and cookie cutter everyone, something's gonna go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then then looking forward um, to the future, because we're kind of we're getting kind of to the end of the line on this one. Um, looking forward to your future. Uh, what are, what are you personally doing to build yourself right? What's going to happen? You talked about going to school. Um, so what, just you, what are you personally doing to make yourself into a, a better citizen? Um, so currently like, I'm I'm reading books about psychology so that I'm prepared for school. Right. Because uh, that's my plan. Um, but trying to be a part of society as well, because everyone has their their part. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I I've I've got friends who struggle with different things in their life. Um, and some some that may for me, just be something super easy. Um, and for, for others, it's, it's super hard. And for others, it's just kind of in the middle. It's, it's not easy, but it's, it's not hard, Mm -hmm. right? It's a, it's a problem though. Um, but being there, like I like, I want to be there for those people. So my one friend that like, for the longest time, I didn't like him and I just, I didn't really care at all. I, I want to be like actual friends with him, right? I want to show him that I do actually care, that someone does care. Because the thing is, is that what if you are, what if they are the person that says, I have no friends? Right. 
if you can show them that you're their friend, then, I mean, hopefully they'll accept it. Sometimes people won't. Right. Like, and that's, you just, you have to make do. You right. did what you could do. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Right. Is I'm trying to do what I can do. Right. Good. Good. Um, and so then looking back at your life, um, when you're, you know, 100, 150, however long we end up living till, looking back on it, how do you imagine that moment when you're just taking that last look at everything you've done, everything you've experienced? What are you thinking about? What are you pleased with? Um, and, and what's making you smile in that last moment? Um, so I, um, I, I read a book and, and in it, he talks about how be the person uh, like if you if you can see yourself in like before you die, mm-hmm. and who do you want to become? And I I want to be able to look back, like look in the mirror basically, and see the same person. Mm-hmm. So if I if I wrote down what I want to have accomplished and all these different things and who I want to be by the time I die. I want to be able to look at that and have it be like looking in a mirror. I want to be that same person. Hmm. And the one of the key things is is that um, you did your best. That's that's all that matters is you did your best mm-hmm. because no one can be perfect at all. Like. Um, but if you can be your best and always try, strive to do better, then that's that's who I want to be. Like there's a list of things that that I would love to do. But it's it's the most important thing to me is if I've tried my best, hmm. and if I was able to become my best. Because you know what, we all screw up. Like it's just it's a well known fact. Yeah. And. Like, it's just something that having no regrets at the end. Because I can look at it and say, you know what? Yeah, I screwed up here, but I still did my best. I did my best to fix it. And I tried to improve myself after that. So right. why does that matter, right? That's um, that. That's what's important. Not not what I did yesterday. It's what, what I'm going to do today, what I'm going to do tomorrow. Right. If you try to be 1% better 100% of the time, you're going to win. Right. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you, Bryce, for joining me on My Wax Museum. Uh, I really enjoyed having this nice conversation with you. Thank Thanks. you. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, but to the people around you. Those are the people who matter in your life day to day. So today, take five minutes out of your day to just listen to somebody. 